Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on December 20th, 2022. Yes, you should hear, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, and community rules. As always, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans at its A, B, and C grades. Indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As outlined in more de- detail on that webpage, I recommend playing the A-grade plays at one unit, plays we give out here at a half unit or an additional half unit. Though the A-plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. There are also picks given out on the website and Patreon pay, plays of the day and the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit. And the compilation of all of these results can be found. I think this is my uh, my daily recommended diet plan, right? You know, you can find that on Betstamp and in the Google Sheet. Links in the show description. I can see Jake waiting in the in the like waiting room to the side laughing as I said that. <laughs> well, those links are in the show description. Uh, that Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections and picks on every single game. And for early access to those picks that have already been released, hopefully you've already seen them. If you haven't, hit up the Patreon link in the crawler below and in the show description. It's also where you can access the Discord chat. It's the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Had a good time today talking about some of them, especially that thriller uh, of a game in the afternoon of IUPUI. Probably the only person who's going to use the word thriller to describe that. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, it'll be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're talking about games for December 20th. I feel like that snuck up on me. I don't know about you, but I feel like we just like all of a sudden got here and I don't know where the time has gone. Um, yeah, you know, we're winding down the year. Like some games are like the schedules are a little bit weird, right? No Saturday games this week. Yeah. Um, well, the bowl games happening. And then like all of a sudden we'll be like right into the throes of conference play. And I, I don't even know how we got here. I feel like the season just started like yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. To, like to think like January here we come is like real deep conference and you really start paying attention to like bracketology and stuff like that. And yeah. that's just less like a little over a week away. It's just, Matt, that's crazy. It is. Again, it just feels like yesterday the season started. I remember uh, I was in Florida when that happened. We recorded the first show. There were like 100 games. Uh, We were running from a hurricane because we were in Florida down in the south part of the the state uh, where the hurricane was coming through. And uh, and we're here like a third of the way through the season. Uh, It's been a great season so far. Again, A-grade plays are hitting at about 54%. Uh, If we keep that rolling all season, uh, I would be thrilled i mean for, for such a magnitude of plays i think it's a fantastic job by the model um it really is so so far so good yeah it, it's just i just cannot believe we're here i don't even i don't i'm just i'm speechless when i when i typed today a couple of different places i typed in the date that december and i think it was the two that december 20 i was like we're like five days from christmas at this point like, what is happening <laughs> that uh yeah I've, I've got it really need amazon to come through for me Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, you had a good day yourself yesterday. All of your plays are done. Five and two for you. So good job on you. A little bit of that reshaping the show. Hopefully we can do better now with all those extra eight plays that we're giving out. Hopefully that'll yield the same success today. I still got a couple of picks outstanding. Uh, so it looks like right now, probably going to go three wins and either a fourth win or a third loss TBD on the, the last total as of right now. Obviously, you watching the show, you know how that went. But UT Arlington is looking good. The total is the one that's that's a question mark. But uh, all, all good things yesterday for the most part um, here on Monday to start off the week. But before we get to Tuesdays, where we can hopefully replicate those results and reminders, please hit that like button. 
if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, it will be your college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash professor is how you get there. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All on courtesy of Online. Sign up, link in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording on late Monday night, Jake, the A-plus play of the day. Uh, about, I think, maybe 12-ish A-grade plays here for your Tuesday that have already been set out to all of our starter and above-level patrons. Um, there were a couple, kind of like the kind of like Monday. There were there were a handful, I think, maybe three or so that we really liked. I think of, the, of our three favorites, uh, I think, on Monday, I think, Two of the three hit. I think we're kind of the same, but there were about three. But just like New Hampshire rose to the top of that list and came through for us in a big way on Monday, the one that's come through for us here on Tuesday to the top of the list is a late one, 9 p.m. Central Harvard at UC Irvine. We're going to lay the nine points with Irvine. Sideline says it should be 12. Uh, we're six and three backing Irvine on the season. The model's been pretty accurate on both teams. So I think that double digit number makes sense with a number like this. We're kind of hoping that Irvine can get out by, you know, 15 or so in the second half, rock this game to bed and, it, and it not come down to light fouls. But the biggest thing that I would say about why I like this why uh, why of all the a grade plays that you like, I think this was that the Venn diagram, the intersection was this one for me. What puts it over the top is this travel spot for Harvard is atrocious. Watch them play on Sunday morning. They didn't look good then. I, this play doesn't really have much to do with that. That's just one game. Also, but we don't want to overreact. It is one data point, but the biggest thing is that they had to travel across the country and other playing on Tuesday night. That's not the easiest thing to do. You want more time to your body to acclimate to all that, get rested up. Coming off of that performance and this travel spot against a really good Irvine team is not a situation you want to be in. So it gets a great spot to back the Anteaters at minus nine. Jake, why are you loving Irvine minus nine so much? Like you nailed the first two points, right? The game on Sunday, then traveled all the way across the country and – that's just not fun, good, or yeah. any enjoyable in any stretch. And I mean, they were a ten-point favorite, I think, with Howard, and lost outright. I, I think, think just, lost by about ten. Yeah, they're, they're just a yeah. terrible offense. They struggle to shoot the ball from outside. They're terrible to free throw line. They turn the ball over about one out of every five of their possessions, and they're just a very average rebounding team. This UC Irvine team has a very, very good defense and an above-average offense. They don't allow offensive rebounds, so there's going to be no extra chances for this Harvard team like that struggles shooting the ball, so it's one shot and done. That's not that's going to play right into the hands of uh, UC Irvine. Uh, they are also the sixth-ranked three-point percentage, uh, three-point shooting team, which is really going to help when you need to cover yeah. a little more than 10. Yeah. Uh, they're an average space team. Not, it's not going to get in their way. They hit their free throws at about a 73% clip, so that's also going to help. Uh they get two guards in Davis and Baker that should control the game. I don't know if this is really messing with Harvard or not, but the whole Amaker and Duke thing where he was really wanting the job and didn't get it, mm. I don't know if that's messing with them mm. or not. Um, but they really, they're also very single threaded with uh, Led, Ledlam, I think is how you say his name. He's a very good player. I think he's averaging about 18, but after that, it drops down to like seven for their next highest score. So it's just, they're very single threaded, and that's not what you want to be going against a good defensive team. Yeah, Ir Irvine's uh, you know pretty solidly above average defensive team. 
above average offense, uh, this has to be a tough spot for Harvard. You mentioned the free throws. Uh, that's really one of the things that saved us with IUPUI yeah. here this afternoon, hitting, I think, all but one, you know, like 18 and 19 or something crazy like that on the free throws. Uh, fantastic performance. We hope that free throws don't matter at the end of the game, but if Irvine's making those free throws throughout the game, that could easily be the difference between them being up 15 late the game versus being up eight late the game and us sweating it out or, or being up 12 versus being up six, right? Something like that. So it's one of those where if, if they're having a good free throw shooting night, the team having the ability to do that could help us get out more comfortably by getting those extra points. In the case of IUPUI, it was hanging around just inside the number. And in the case of Irvine, it might be hanging on the right side of the number. So I like that little angle as well. So we're going to back UC Irvine minus nine as the A plus play of the day. Which takes us to the best of the rest of the A plays. Jake, there's four more A plays that you are going to give us here. The model loves all of these, and these are the four that have caught your eye. We're going to start off with a little bit earlier of a tip off, 5 p.m. Central. Wagner at Delaware State. Wagner's laying seven and a half points. Sideline says it should be about nine, giving it a nice little edge. Models actually overestimated both of these teams. Because neither one of them are very good, have been very good, um, but it, the models at least overestimated them both to the same degree. So I don't think there's any real bias here where it's just constantly missing one, you know, one way on one team, one way on the other. It's kind of constantly missing both ways on the same team, which means at that point it's probably relatively unbiased with the comparison of the two teams. Um, I mean, to me, the biggest thing here is Delaware State has a really, really, really bad offense. And you know what? Also a really, really, really bad defense. Wagner's not very good, but this is the type of situation where, you know, you got the win, a road win, a tough, a team like Wagner, and you get a lot of road wins. This is the spot for them to get a road win. And so, Jake, why are you fit, liking them to win by eight or more here on the road? Look, I totally get why the uh, sidelines overestimating Delaware State because it's hard to believe they're as bad as they are. They're just it's so, very true. so bad. <laughs> Uh, they just lost to a D2 school, and too bad this isn't like the Premier League or whatever that whole English soccer system. Like you get, we just really knocking them yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. love to get rid of them after these last two years. Let's bring in some new blood. Um, yeah. They're just not very good. Well, we are. We're bringing schools up. We just aren't also sending schools down, which maybe yeah. we need to do. A, you know, it, I, I love the relegation system. It's fantastic. I, if, if you say otherwise, I'm sorry you're wrong. Um, it's a fantastic system. It, it can't work here in our pro sports for various reasons, and I get that. But I just I love the idea of the system. I wish we'd have relegation for tiers with colleges, kind of like the Division One, Two, Three. Um, you know, it's football the same way. Have the top, the tippity top, right, and then the, in the middle, whatever. We kind of get more competitive games. I think I think a system like that could work with colleges really well. And yeah, D Delaware State would definitely be relegated down. And it's not for lack of trying. I'm not saying that they're tanking like a lot of pro teams will sometimes tank for draft picks. I don't think that's what they're doing. They just aren't good and they need to be playing teams that are more their caliber, which is down in division two than the ones up here in division one that are mostly kicking their tail. Yeah. I mean, they're one and one against the D two teams this year. So, I mean, seems there like they go. belong there. Fit uh, right in. <laughs> I mean, Wagner is not as much better and they're still well below average. So that's yeah. saying yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. They don't turn the ball over. So no extra chances for, Delaware State to attempt to play basketball on the offensive end. Uh, Wagner's got three decent yards, and Williams, Hunt, and Moore, and they should be enough to get this done by double digits. I just – I fade Delaware State at almost all opportunities, and I think that's got me like eight and two this year or something like that. So mm. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. we took IUPUI here on Monday, a truly terrible team. Um, but we were also getting 16 and a half, 17 and a half points, depending on when you got that number. It's the same thing here with Delaware State. Like, I don't mind backing them against a bad team, but I need to be getting that sort of level of points, not seven and a half. Yeah. And again, sometimes this is nine. If this was Delaware State getting 16 and a half, sure, I'd be all of – and you talk about this, that game was up in um, you know neutral court. Uh, this one's at home in Delaware State. Even if we were only getting 14 and a half, I'd be all over Delaware State at 14 and a half. Yeah. That's not where the number is, right? <laughs> at seven and a half, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't convince me to take Delaware State. doesn't mean that they'll cover. There's no locks in gambling. But it's just one of those things where it just does not feel like it's enough points to be getting with such a terrible team that's the model knows is bad and still can't even predict just how bad they are. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I think they shot their shot and played close to a pretty good Delaware team. And after that, I don't see much motive, much extra motivation ha- coming for them. They played really well against Delaware. I do think that cost us in one of the plays of the day uh, back in Delaware. They were going to run away with them uh, against them, and, and they didn't. And, and you're, you know, cats off to Delaware State for playing really well in that game. But uh, it's been very few bright spots for them this season. We expect to continue to continue here on Tuesday night. We've got two 6 p.m. A-grade plays that you love here, Jake. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne laying five and a half against Southern Indiana's that four-team tournament that we took advantage of the afternoon game with IUPUI. There is a play on IUPUI's game here on Tuesday afternoon as well that I've already given out to the Discord. So, again, another reason to check that out. Five bucks a month, you can get to the Discord link and the Patreon. Lots of good plays and good chat over there if you're not already there with us. So check that out. Uh, so there's already a play on that afternoon game. That's the other, the next game here, the night game. Both the, all these teams are at Purdue Fort Wayne. Um, so Southern Indian is already there. So the travel spot, not a big deal. But both these teams playing a little bit tired legs. The difference is Southern Indiana uh, kind of underperformed straight up against IUPUI. They scored a lot, but they allowed a lot of points to an IUPUI team whose offense is just abysmal. Yeah. And Purdue Fort Wayne really took care of business in crushing Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, Model loves laying five and a half here with Purdue Fort Wayne. Thinks that this number should be uh, six and a half and not five and a half. And so, Jake, what are the other reasons why you are backing uh, Purdue Fort Wayne? Like I really like them in this spot and this number. They really took care of business, got to rest. So there's tied legs aren't going to be as much. Uh, Southern Indiana had to try a little longer to that game to put – IUPUI away, and that sounds that's a weird statement to make that you have yeah. to try to put them away. Um, they've got a very good defense and they play at a fast pace, so it's, it should be a pretty entertaining game. But I mean, they struggle offensively, but not so much so that they can't score. Like they're not go, they don't struggle as bad as IUPUI. So and we just saw IUPUI put up a, enough points uh, here for this to happen. I mean, since we only need them to win by six, this should be fairly. Should be they should be able to get this done. I mean, everything keys off that de- defense inside the ball for them. They rebound yeah. the wall, ball well um, to make up for their turnover issues. Um, that those extra possessions that they get and for for themselves by rebounding the ball well on both sides of the floor and not giving them up on the other end really helps them. Uh, being at home also is a great mm-hmm. spot for them. Where, uh, sleeping in their own beds and everything. I know Southern India didn't travel that far and didn't have to travel through this game because they're already there, but you know, everything feels better when you're sleeping in your own bed. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, I don't, you know, what, what is there to be said? Right. And I, I played college baseball is a different sport than basketball. Baseball. Look, 
not an extremely taxing sport on your body other than a pitcher and a pitcher for the most part is not playing back to back days uh or, or at least a reliever it's, just, it's not a taxing starter right uh basketball pretty taxing on the body though right um you know being in their own uh, training room with their own all you know well i know they're bringing a lot of stuff but having all that they're the, to recover their own bed right? i'm not saying that they're obviously not staying at the moment it's not that what's the uh i think it's like a hampton commercial right where they're staying at the like the terrible you know it's not like that <laughs> obviously they're staying at a really nice hotel i'm sure but you just wonder if something like that you know on the second day here after playing and having to play another day like if purdue for one has an extra little bit of it's not built into the model model still thinks we should be laying five and a half but there might be a little bit of extra something there in this spot that helps us with purdue fort wayne given that they might be a little more just comfortable in their own environment here on this back-to-back situation yeah yeah i mean that that sends a lot and then plus the pace that southern indiana plays like i know they've practiced for that but you're not nobody like they're probably not in the shape right now to play that pace mm back-to-back games. So I think that's another thing that helps Purdue Fort Wayne here. Um, and the fact that they just have a terrible defense to play at that fast pace, it just mm-hmm. gives Purdue Fort Wayne all the opportunities. Plus, they, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne really does a good job of finding the open man. They rank uh, pretty low, like pretty low, pretty really good uh, and up there in the assist to field goals made stat, which really, really helps uh, uh them find decent shots. I know they're not the best shooting team, and Southern Indiana really struggles inside the arc. So I, I think Purdue's uh, defense there will do will wreck will wreck them up because I mean you can't depend, especially if your legs are tired. Longer shots mean uh, shorter. I end up being shorter and misses. So I, I just mm-hmm. I don't really see where Southern Indiana gets this one done. Yeah, it's it's a good angle there. If 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 they're relying a lot on the three, since there's something that they're better at on a back to back day, might be a little bit of a tougher thing. And again, it's 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 not like the tournament, right? You know the you know the tournament, you get that day off in between um, or conference tournament. A lot of times, and now we'll talk about when we get to March. Again, the teams that are at home have a pretty big advantage on those home games because of having their own facilities in these back to back situations. A lot of times, if it's both teams are at a hotel, both teams are not at the facilities, both that sort of thing kind of might affect things a little bit more here. You do have to wonder if Southern Indiana, we know they've got some guys from the transfer portal coming up from D2, but you have to wonder if they have the depth at this point to handle uh, playing at that pace on a back-to-back day, not a situation that you see often. That's not how you're prepped. That's not how you practice for the most part. This is a pretty unique situation. A lot of times you do get that day off. Um, we, we see these, some of these effects happening in conference tournaments, these back-to-back situations. I think it's a little bit wonky there. Kind of the same thing here. So you're going to lay the five and a half with Purdue-Fort Wayne. Again, the biggest difference there is none of these units are worth anything except for Purdue-Fort Wayne's defense is actually pretty decent. And yeah. that – that plus the home court be the difference to get us to the window here. Let them win by six, seven, something like that. Maybe a little bit more. Um, length five and a half is a great number. Taking us to the other 6 p.m. game that you love here. The Citadel at NC Central. NC Central is an eight and a half point favorite. Uh, sidelines underestimated NC Central all season long. We've backed them most of the time. Five and one backing them. Did fade them here against LSU, and that didn't work out for us. We're 0-2 when we try to fade them. What did that mean? <laughs> that means they're 7-1 against the number. They've been a fantastic uh, story all season. I've been really impressed with how they play their football program. Doing a pretty awesome things as well. So, I mean, things are looking up. Um, if you're a student there, if you're alumni, you have to be really excited about the direction the athletic program is going. Sideline says this should be NC Central minus 10.1. They're actually around average ranked 
overall, which is, again, really impressive for where they've come from. The Citadel, just not a very good um, team. We faded them eight times, gone five and three, fading them back them twice and gone two and oh. So um, the models had a pretty decent read on the Citadel. And again, if anything, it's underestimated NC Central, meaning maybe instead of 10.1, given the model's not built to overreact, maybe it should actually be 10 and a half, 11, 11 and a half, something like that. The other nugget I'll give on this game before I turn it over to you, Jake, the model has a good idea of what the total uh, should be. It disagrees with the line it's already set. I already gave out a pick on the total to the Discord. So again, some extra benefit over there if you're interested in that sort of thing. But otherwise, Jake, why are you backing NC Central minus eight and a half? Like the Citadel's defense is going to get them absolutely killed when they run into decent opponents. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can look at that in the last in two of their last three where they in those two games where they played decent teams, they just got drilled. Um, and then the third game that they lost in the, of those three was against a team that's ranked like one spot better than them, according to Ken Palm in most places. And there's still a five point loss at home. Their defense just doesn't do anything to help them. They don't rebound the ball. That doesn't help their defense because, I mean, more shots, more chances to go in. That really it's going to hurt your defense. Um, their offense is well below average also. North Carolina Central, on the other hand, is a very average team. Just everything is average, which is really good compared to the Citadel because at the level they're playing at. Citadel's not. <laughs> yeah, they've got a little trouble handle, holding on to the ball, but they're a very good shooting team. They're ranked fourth in three-point percentage, and they hit 70, better than 75% of their free throws. They've got a guy right who should absolutely have a field day. Um, he's a very, very good player. Like he'll take care of business. Uh, their bench players, especially uh, Monroe and Bone, I expect a lot more out of by being at home, being a little more comfortable. I think they get up around 15 and stay there for this whole game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this should be a pretty easy victory for them. They've looked so good all season. I don't see why a team like the Citadel would give them any problems. Um, so we're going to back. NC Central, they're minus eight and a half. And the last one that you've got for us here of all the A plays, the last one to catch your eye, caught my eye too. One of the contenders for A plus play of the day, Air Force plus two. I really like this too as a money line spot. You're looking at something like plus 110, plus 115, something like that would be a fantastic investment for for, for me, at least. Air Force here at Northern Colorado. And Air Force, you bet. I feel like last year just lacked athletes and just looked slow and miserable. And this year, playing at a, a little bit faster of a level of a pace than we really expected, running up and down the court, scoring a lot of points, just looking like a competent basketball team, which I just I feel like I didn't see last year. Maybe I missed it. Maybe they turned a corner at some point, but I just was not impressed with them at all last year. And this year they're looking a lot better. Most ratings have them around average, but again, I feel like they're on the up. Northern Colorado, nothing special with them. Not really a travel spot here, of course, for Air Force. Um, and on top of that uh, – Northern Colorado, one of their biggest home edges is going to be the altitude. Air Force is already used to that. So I think this is a, a great road opportunity uh, for Air Force to get the win. Silent says they should be favored by two and said we're going to get two with them. Silent's underestimated both teams, but actually underestimated Air Force by even more. One of the most uh, underestimated teams at this point of the season for the model, it's underestimated Air Force by 11 points per game. Wow which is just crazy at this point of the season to have that many points per game. We're going to talk about someone uh, later on in the show that the model's underestimated even more than that. So a little teaser for that segment. Jake, Jake, you know which games are coming, so I think you probably have an idea of which, yeah. which team it is. Um, but uh, the, and it's, it's underestimated Northern Colorado too, but Air Force has just been a fantastic story. Great spot for them. Again, model says they should be favored by two. Um, Jake, why are the other reasons that you are backing Air Force getting a couple points here against Northern Colorado? 
Yeah, this is one of the most confusing lines I've seen in a while. Uh, since, like, look, I mean, I know they lost on the road to Portland State, who's decent but not great. Yeah, since- well, Portland State feels to me like a team, like a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah. Sometimes they show up and they actually look pretty good. It kind of like, We're talking about Oregon State in the Discord as well. It's kind of the same sort of thing. Sometimes they show up and pretty impressed with what they're doing. Other times they just look completely lost. They feel like you just never know. Like, I feel like it, Portland State and Oregon State both just – Throw those games out the window because I don't even know what they mean because I don't know which team I'm getting <laughs> for either one of those. That's for sure. And I mean, but like since then, Air Force has dominated, winning each game by about 20. You pointed out not a lot, not a big travel spot, not like the elevation is going to get to them. And it's not like they played last night. So I, I don't understand where this line is really coming from. Uh, I mean, there's like they're faster, but they're still one of the slowest teams out there. <laughs> so it's just funny to say they just uh, were yeah i feel like they were like and i don't know maybe that's about smart coaching right maybe it's smart coaching last year they just didn't have the talent they wanted to go a lot slower this year i, I really do think with that altitude if they have the talent they can run faster they can really wear out opponents and actually take yeah. advantage of some of that they've got the talent they're a lot better they're playing at a little bit more of a pace than i feel like last year was just like the virginia offense right just hold the ball for 28 seconds and throw it up right yeah yeah i mean I'm be honest, I hadn't really watched too many Air Force games, but I don't know how their offense is running. But, I mean, they take their sweet time on offense, and they work it around, and they find a good shot. I mean, you can see this with they rank ninth in effective field goal percentage, 61st in mm-hmm. three-point percentage, and 13th in two-point percentage. So they're they're working ninth the ball. Ninth effective field goal percentage. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, so, like, that tells me their offense, they're moving, they're cutting, passing the ball around, moving it around, uh, making the defense work. That, that also – I mean, I know it's a slow pace, but you can also – run somebody's legs out by making them chase you all over the defensive end of the mm, floor. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they, like I said, they really work to find a really good shot. And they typically hit it. They're a pretty good defensive team. They rank 26th in an opponent field goal percentage. So that means they're making you work for a shot and not, and they're not giving you a good one. Uh, they're, they're really good at job of guarding the three ball. They rank fourth there. Um, they, they do a pretty decent job around rebounding kind of average, but um, like Northern Colorado has an atrocious defense and uh, just, and a very good offense, which I don't think that's going to help them here, because uh, I don't think their offense is good enough to speed up this Air Force team. And anytime, and Air Force has got the team that even if Northern Colorado goes down there, scores real quick, they're just going to slowly take their time, and that's just going to frustrate Northern Colorado. They're going to spend a lot of effort on the defensive end, which they don't like to do already, and I think it's just going to slowly like ruin their game. And Air Force is going to end up winning this. Uh, they're like North, North Colorado is also sloppy with the ball. You see that happens a lot with faster teams because they're trying to go faster and make uh, make it a lot of mistakes, but they don't force turnovers to even that out. So there's going to be a big differential there. I think Air Force will dominate this game with a pace, and that'll be enough for them to win the game, really. Yeah, and uh, Air Force, I swear last year, most of their games, they were getting, you know, 55 to 60 was a kind of a common game for Air Force last year. Four of the last five games, there's that Portland State game sandwich in Indies, but four of the last five games, Air Force's point totals all against D1 opponents, 81, 79, 80, and 81. So, I mean, we talk about, like, they're at a slow pace, but, like, they're they're getting points off turnovers. They're getting good looks. They're, um, they're, they're forcing their opponents in the quick shot. So they're getting more possessions. I, I, I'm not sure the exact science of it. I, I've had them up a couple of times. Um, whatever it is, they're getting a lot of points, which, you know, against one of the Colorado and how bad that defense is, they should be able to get a lot of points. Right. So it's a situation where, uh, you know, 
the model doesn't have a look at the total, doesn't really have a strong recommendation. My recommendation, I don't know how many points with their Colorado scores. I just think Air Force is going to score a lot of points. So um, whether you're taking them on the money line, taking them plus two, or maybe a team total over, I saw them projects about 72 points. I'd be shocked if they don't get into the 70s um, yeah. with how much they've scored lately and how bad Northern Colorado's defense is. And we talk about pace or whatever, but the pace doesn't matter. Air Force has scored a ton of points, and Northern Colorado wants to play as fast as possible, so they're at least going to help increase the number of possessions on their half of the ball. So uh, Air Force should score a lot of points. I think they win. I think I think team total overhits. I think you got a lot of good ways to look here for Air Force. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're scored at the rate they are when they have the ball, it doesn't matter how slow you take it. If you're yeah. if you're making it making a shot on seven out of every ten possessions, you're you're going to put up a lot of points. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And that takes us to the Jake on a limb segment. Uh, we're going to shift away from the A-grade plays, but of all the non-A-grade plays, the best one that you could find for the viewer, Jake, just talked about it, the team who has under has overperformed the model expectation all season long. Look, I've been saying it for a long time. Hats off to UConn. Uh, they are just insanely incredible. I, I just cannot give them enough praise for how amazing they look. They, they to me, are the clear number one team in the country. Uh, bottom line, uh, Purdue's looks great, but I mean, they've had some moments where they look questionable. I see no questions with UConn. Uh, Model took Butler with an A-grade play on Saturday and never felt like they had a chance in that game. Just watching UConn seemingly dominate every single possession. And at the end, the final score, I think, kind of reflected just how much better UConn was on the road and a tough place to play. Like, it's a solid Butler team. I mean, fantastic team. Model only gives UConn minus 23 a B grade, partially because it's such a big number. Um, you know, we don't have to always agree with the model. We can like things a little bit more than the model, a little less than the model. Again, I generally recommend playing the A grade plays. They've been doing so well. But of the non-A grade plays, some of them are doing pretty well as well. We just got to try to figure out what they are. Jake, you love UConn minus 23. And I mean, to me – with how fast they can play and how fast Georgetown plays and how good UConn's offense is and how bad Georgetown's defense is, if UConn wants to, they could probably score 100 points in this game. Not sure they want to, Easy. but I think if they want to, they probably could. <laughs> Jake, tell us why you are backing UConn minus 23. Look, they're, they're just they're, – uh, to me right now, they got to be the title favorite, the way they play. They've got mm -hmm. a top three defense and they've got a top ten offense. They've got an absolute bona fide superstar in Sonago, Sonago, however you say his name, who's just – He's so big, so physical, so fast, so athletic, makes plays all over, and could step out, hit the three ball, hits jump shots, hits floaters. I, I don't know what you do with him. I don't know what Georgetown's going to do with him. They don't have anybody near the size athleticism. Patrick Ewing, going back in a time machine, that, he's going to do it. Way. Way. That, 30 that years ago, Patrick Ewing could probably stop him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really <laughs> it. Now, I mean, I would love to see that one-on-one -on -one battle if we could yeah. make that happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, Some scientist is working on it right now. Yes, please. Uh, everything UConn does is good. Everything. I, I I don't know. I don't know what work like what they're working on in practice. Yeah. Other than just keep doing what we're doing. Just I keep. Mean, yeah. Hurley, keep on. Keep it on. I know Hurley probably is riding them hard because he just seems like a guy that really coaches guys hard. But it's working. This is yeah. one of the best teams I've seen in a long time. Uh, I mean, they they can shoot. They've got a. I think you think he's a freshman uh, clinging another seven foot guy that can bring in, that can play with them. Hawkins and Newton are playing out of their mind. It's, I, I just, I don't know what, what Georgetown thinks they're going to do. And especially the way they just flip a coin and decide to show up for halves or not halves. Like I, you can't do that. You can't show up for both halves and 
be inside this number. I don't think Georgetown has that kind of talent. So if they take it half off, it's going to get bad. I mean, that Butler game you were talking about, I think with eight minutes left or something around there, Butler cut it to four. It didn't feel like it was four, but they no, cut the score to four. And the final ended up being 20-plus, and yeah. Butler scored 40-something points, uh, 46. So it's just this UConn team is incredible, and I'm just going to ride mm-hmm. them at pretty much all points right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you hate to play too big of a number, but if Georgetown went out and played a good half of basketball for both halves – I could absolutely see them losing this by 16. We just haven't seen a lot of evidence of that all season long where they do that. And that's why, you know, the model likes them to lose by a lot of points against this 24 and a half on average, because we have to, we know that Georgetown has these bad stretches. When you have that bad stretch against UConn, they just seem like they're going to step on your throat. You never know exactly how much they're going to run it up or whatever, but I think UConn's got so much depth. They're not even, they're going to run it up without even trying to really. It's just that Georgetown is just so weak in the big East that they seem like a team that playing the best team in the big East, the best team in the country on the road, it feels like they might have a good half and only lose one of the halves by eight. The problem is they're probably going to lose the other half by 20. And that's going to get where this is ugly. So, Jake, you were playing UConn minus 23 um, as a non-A grade play, but what do you like anyway? Yes. Which takes us to the daily double-double. We've got a side and a total pick. You can parlay them together if you want. You can play them individually. You can play one or the other. You can play neither of them. As always, take what you like and leave the rest. 7.30 Central. Seton Hall at Xavier. Xavier is laying seven and a half. Total in this game is 144. The model lock did an A-grade play on Xavier. Laying those seven and a half points says it should be Xavier minus 10. Xavier is eight and three against the spread all season. The model's underestimated them, overestimated Seton Hall. So again, again, the model's not built to overreact. So if it's slow to react to a reality there, then this really should be probably save your mind more like minus 11. If the model is correctly not overreacting and that's just some variance, then the model still says 10. So somewhere in that 10 to 11 mark is kind of where I would uh, view this one. Jake, you're going to take the side. I'm going to take the total. I'll let you start. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, this is a rather simple one to break down. Seton Hall, as good as they are defensively, just does not have the offense to keep it close. Um, they turn the ball over at a high clip. They don't shoot the three well. Um, they're going to be outsized. They're playing in a team that is an offensive juggernaut right now. They And that has a defense that's within the same ballpark as theirs. Um, Xavier is the second-best three-point shooting team and their fifth in effective field goal percentage. They play fast. They force teams to keep up with them with the, how they play and what lineups they throw out there. Uh, like with Nunji being able to step out and hit threes the way he is, he really spreads the defense thin. Fremantle is having a really good year. Uh Boom, boom. That's the guy I think it's the reason a lot of the models are underestimating Xavier. Um, he's having a year that nobody saw coming that, that I've read or anything that nobody pointed out is he's going to be the key piece, and he is absolutely having a great year. Um, and I think Seton Hall is going to struggle to figure out what to do with those guys. I don't think – like, they're good. Holloway's a good coach. They just – it's all defense. They just don't have an offensive talent yet. Yeah, a couple ways you you can look at it to me. One way you can kind of break it down to say uh, Seton Hall's defense is better than Xavier's defense, but not by as much as Xavier's offense is better than Seton Hall's offense. You add in the home court, Xavier, you know, you should think you should win by about 10. The other way to look at it is when Seton Hall has the ball 
And, you know, Xavier's off uh, defense is better than Seton Hall's offense. Xavier's going to have an edge there, um, a small one, but Xavier's going to have an edge there. And as good as Seton Hall's defense is, Xavier's offense is so dang good. Xavier's offense will have an edge when they have a ball. They have an edge on defense, edge on offense at home. Again, they should probably be favored by about 10. So this number seems a little bit short, so I agree with you there. Save your minus 7.5. The play I'm going to give you is the over 144. Something says it should be 149. To me, the bottom line is Xavier's offense is just insanely good. And when you talk about pace of play, Xavier plays pretty fast. Seton Hall doesn't really play slow. I I don't – they might try to slow it down a little bit, but the way that – Xavier plays pace-wise. This feels like a game that should be getting up towards 150. You're also at a decent number here with Xavier minus seven and a half. If they win by 20, maybe we're in a little bit of trouble with the over. We have to hope if they win by 20, it's because Xavier scores 90 and not because it's 70 to 50, right? But if Xavier's winning by 12, 13, Seton Hall is going to be trying to do a lot of fast possessions at the end, trying to get extra points. If it's, um, you know, Xavier might, you know, by six or eight or something like that, we got late game fouls. So we got some ways to get extra points there at the end as well. 144 just seems way too short. So I'm going to give you the over 144, Jake, you are on Xavier minus seven and a half. Yeah, I think the pace of this really drops towards the over. I mean, it has been a long time since Xavier has scored less than 79 points in a game. Um, so I, I don't I see him really having no problem getting in the mid the eighties here. I don't think Seton Hall's gonna stand in their way and I think the pace will drag Seton Hall up close to seventies. So that that'll push this way over. Yeah, that's kind of what the model projects here. Uh, says that Xavier should get 79 and a half. Seton Hall about 69 and a half. That gets you to 149. So yeah, an 80 to 70 score seems pretty reasonable. Even if you don't put quite that much, we still got a, some wiggle room there because we want to get to 144. We don't have to get to 150. Total is yeah. 150. Wouldn't be talking about this. We'd say leave the total alone. <laughs> it's priced pretty well, but we got a lot of wiggle room there. Only need to get to 144. Speaking of totals, that'll take us to the total of the day. A game that the model doesn't have a uh, an angle on with regards to the side, but it does on the total 9 p.m. Central San Diego at UC Riverside. Remember that the average basketball game has 140 points in it. That's kind of why it's uh, confusing to me. Oh, sorry. This is a typo here. The total in this game is 141 and a half. That's pretty close to average, but my goodness, when you look at these two teams, they both play a little bit fast, and San Diego, pretty good offense and a pretty terrible defense. It's like this total was set as if you've never seen San Diego play basketball because they just score a lot of points and they give up a lot of points. Riverside's not really a defensive juggernaut. They're just very average offensively, average defensively, slightly above average pace. Both teams are going to play a little, you know, Play up and down. Uh, I don't understand why this is 141 and a half. Sideline says it should be 150. I see it kind of like that Xavier situation. Uh, the only difference is this should be a much closer game than that. But both teams are uh, mini Xaviers in that effect with regards to the fact that um, we'll have one bad defense making the other offense look better. And then we have one offense that actually is a little bit better, plus the pace. I mean, both these teams should be up into the 75 range, getting us again around 150. Not sure why it's so low. So we're going to grab the over 141 and a half in this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, – I was very surprised at this total too, being as low as it is with how San Diego's offense and their defense are. Uh, it's just unreal. And I mean, there's maybe 
I was trying to scan through here and do quick math, but maybe a handful of games that between both these teams they could went under this number. So I, I don't really don't see a problem with this one clearing this pretty easy. Yeah, when, we, when you look at it, you know, San Diego took a team in Cal Baptist, which Cousin Jared's been on talking about before, about being a very slow defensive minded team. Played a game with Cal Baptist, got to one forty nine. I mean, San Diego allowed, and UNLV is good, but San Diego allowed 95 points to UNLV. They put up 84 against UC San Diego. They allowed 91 to Arizona State. I mean, they are either going to score a lot or allow a lot, and sometimes the answer is a little bit of both. I kind of think that's what will happen here, a little bit of both. Again, I think their offense is good enough. They're going to score some points, but their defense is so bad. Again, they make their opponent look a lot better. So should be much more points than this. We're going to go over 141 and a half, which takes us to our last segment here. We've got three must-see TV games we're going to cover. I'm going to give you the first one here, 5 p.m. Central, Duke at Wake Forest. Model locked in an A-grade play on Wake Forest, plus seven. By the time we recorded this, up to plus eight. Model thinks it's too many points, says it should be Duke minus five and a half. Duke's definitely the better team. But on the road in a conference game winning by this many points, not the easiest thing to do. Sure, we just saw it happen with UConn and Butler. I don't think this Duke team's as good as, as UConn is, though. And I think that's the big difference here, that they are more likely to win this game than not. But getting eight points is just an opportunity you can't pass up. Wake Forest seems pretty pretty solid, uh, pretty good offense. Um, you know, Duke's obviously pretty good offense as well. And that's why they're favored. But again, we don't have to win this game to win the bet there's a lot of ways that wake forest still loses the game and we win the bet against silence has five and a half so we're going to grab the eight in a in a game where the model has actually overestimated both teams um neither team really living up to the model expectations tells me that the number of five and a half maybe six is probably a pretty good number in getting eight we've got some good cushion in a must-see tv game to see if Wake can pull off the upset if nothing else i think they can hang around and make it interesting they're at home yeah yeah uh forbes took a I think there was a bigger talent gap between the two teams last year, and Forbes took a team at Wake Forest and gave Duke everything they wanted and more. Uh, he's got Appleby who's having a career, career year. Um, I mean, I know Shire seems to be doing a pretty good job, but, I mean, Roach is coming back off an of injury. don't know how close to 100% he is. Lively and Whitehead still haven't played up to their full potential, I guess, from where they were injured in the uh, preseason. So I think – it could be a very good spot to play Wake Forest. Personally, I'm staying away just because Duke's had a couple weeks off and, I, and they've been preparing for this one game the whole time. And why else are you staying away? Uh, you know, I'm also a big Duke fan. Uh, there you go. There, you go. there we have it. All right, all right. <laughs> 6 p.m. Central, Marquette and Providence. Not an A-grade play here. Uh, Model says this should be pretty close to a pick on That's about what the spread is. Should be a fascinating game to watch. Two nine and three teams. Um, Marquette, probably at this point, playing for seeding. You'd have to say they'd be probably in the tournament at this point. Providence probably be more on the outside looking in. Needs to do a little bit of work here. Again, we're a little bit early on to, to really for this to matter, but it's like we talked about before. You just never know. We could be in a very different world, you know, three months from now where one of these teams is looking a lot better or a lot worse. You know, playing for a conference title, obviously it's going to be a little bit tougher with UConn in the way, but playing for <laughs> I mean, a conference a conference title ex- excluded UConn may be worth a plaque, right? <laughs> Given how good the team is, um, but you know, or, or you know, if Marquette struggles, you maybe they're trying to play themselves in, and this is a big road win for them, right? So you just never know the implications of this. So far out, it should be a good game. Uh, Marquette. 
better team, but on the road, uh, get on a game that the model isn't really pushing it too hard one way or the other on, you're going to lay the one with Marquette. Jake, tell us why. Yeah, look, Providence got a nice win with over Seton Hall. Uh, Marquette got a win over Creighton. Not sure we can call that nice with how they're playing at the moment. Um, the, I mean, this is, the, this is the best team that Providence has played all year, and I'm not sure they're ready for it. They've, they've got a very good offensive defense, rebound the ball with the best of them. I just don't think they've got the kind of team and the depth here to hang with Marquette with the way Shaka has played this team, how deep they are, how fast they like to go. I mean, Mark, they are super smart with the ball. Uh, they rank 17th in effective field goal percentage. They don't turn the ball over. They're scoring at 60% clip inside the arc. Uh, and so, I mean, they're, I mean, they're not a great three point shooting team, but they, that's not their desire. They, they want to get that game up and down running and shooting layups. Uh, and almost every bucket they have has an assist tied to it. So, I mean, they're working very well together. It's just the teams that have beat Marquette this year, like your, your Wisconsin and Purdue have been exceptional defensive teams that like to play slow. This is not uh, Providence. Providence is a very good defensive team. They don't want to play slow. Um, I don't. I just don't think they're quite ready. They don't quite have the guards to really hang with Marquette in this one. And since we just need Marquette to win, basically to not lose, that's pretty pretty easy to take them here. Yeah, it should be a really good game. Uh, personally, I, I I want three with either team. If you give me plus three with either team, I'd be happy taking it. Um, but it, it, that's not the number that we're presented with, right? So, uh, Jake, you're recommending basically out of Pickham here that Marquette can get the road victory. The last one we're going to talk about here, must-see TV game, 7.30 p.m. Central, Virginia at Miami. Virginia's a two-point road favorite. Very similar sense to the game we just talked about. Virginia's the better team, but on the road. Coming off of their first loss of the season yeah. – uh, to Houston in a game that they looked pretty good for the first like seven minutes ish, something like that. And then Houston just dominated the rest of that game. It was a fun one to watch, uh, just from uh, the quality of basketball that we had. Uh, Miami 11 and one, kind of under the radar. A lot of those wins, not extremely impressive ones. There's a reason why we think that despite that 11 1 record, we still think Virginia is the better basketball team. Southern says Virginia should be a two-point favorite. They are a two-point favorite. So the model's not really pushing you too hard one way or the other. Uh, Jake, what's your recommendation for people if they want to invest in this game? Look, I'm taking Virginia. I think they're they're coming off that disappointing loss. They'll have a little extra motivation to it. Um, these two teams are about as tight as you can possibly get on the offensive end. They're like within one spot of each other and almost every metric you want to look at. Um, like it's especially at the, like with the total of, um, of adjusted offensive efficiency, they're literally one spot behind each other. Um, it's the defense, yeah. which <laughs> sounds dumb saying. It's the defense that really separates them because Virginia has a great defense. Shock, shock the world. Yeah. Uh, shock Miami, you know. right, They rank thirtieth and right now, and then Miami ranks one hundred and twenty third. It's just a big, big gap there. Um, Nigel Pack still being questionable with the illness. Even if he plays, is he at 100%? That's a big blow to this Miami team. As you saw, they kind of struggled in that first half with St. Francis, Pennsylvania. I think it was Pennsylvania. It was one of the St. Francis schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So they they really struggled there. Um, They don't rebound the wall too well because they're they're more of a shorter team. That's one thing Virginia does pretty well. Uh, Like, man, there, there won't be a lot of extra chances here. For Miami, because so Virginia is very smart with the ball. They don't turn it over. Kihei Clark really has a great command of that offense, as he should, since he's working on his third doctorate. Uh, but I just think Virginia being the better team here is 
going to be more – they're really going to show it, especially if Nigel Pack Pack doesn't play. Yeah, we've talked about Virginia's pace before. Shockingly, not the slowest team in college basketball. There's been years where they've ranked as the slowest team, sometimes by a large margin. This year, they're the third slowest team for right now. Uh, pretty big gap between them and fourth slowest. But, of course, Charlotte and North Texas uh, really just taking that to extreme heights or, or, or depths. I don't know which way to say that. The most shocking thing to me when you look at Virginia, and I've mentioned this, uh, I believe, a week or two ago, is that as good as Virginia's defense is, and it is fantastic, their offense actually rakes better than their defense does. And that's been the difference between when Virginia's been able to make title runs versus when they haven't has been the offense because that extra that offense is what allows them to um you know not get upset basically that when the offense is worse that's when they've occasionally it just doesn't show up in a game and that's when they will lose obviously as we know as a one seed in the first round but even aside from that that's when they would lose in the second round or the third round and a game that they probably should have won or a game that they would have won you know seven out of ten times eight out of ten times but sometimes that offense doesn't show up they have a yeah, borderline top 10 efficient offense this season. And that is going to hopefully for them and their fans be the difference between this year, making it more of a better year than a, than a, a weaker year. And again, I think what I, I agree with you, that the difference is the difference maker in this game. But when I look at this matchup comparing to previous years, I think the Virginia's offense is what helps them this year, because we always count on that defense. We always knew the defense would be there, but when that offense is there, and as you said, their offense is as good as Miami's that takes away Miami's strength really. And says we can match you there, but you can't match us on defense and probably a big reason why if they win, they will pull it off because they can nullify Miami's strength and still be stronger on the other side of the ball as well. Yeah, totally agree. All righty. That's all the games we're going to cover today. I think that was 11 of them. So quite a long slate there for you. A lot of good stuff, hopefully here for your Tuesday. Jake, any parting words? No, I'm I, just besides I'm writing the entire state of Utah off my li- on, onto a list where I don't play them anymore after Utah State's performance tonight and Utah a, a few Utah's days ago. Last week. Last week. Yeah. So yeah. That, that whole, yeah. That whole you know, I, I, cousin Jared's talked about this with college football, but he'll have whole conferences and he'll just like, right. I was done with the whole conference. Just, I remember last year, I think it was the mountain West. It just got so wonky and we just could not predict what was going to happen. It was too much. Like he's zagging. So by about the, you know, eighth week of the season, as much as he loves about the West, he was just like, I'm just done with the whole conference. Don't even, I think the pac 12, I think he might have <laughs> written off yeah. before that last year without at least year, the pac 12 was a little more predictable yeah. with at least having some more top team, you know, uh, bottom teams. But last year it was, it was wild. So, I mean, he's, he's in whole conferences. So I guess you can write off a whole state. I guess that's, that's completely fair. We'll allow it, right? Yeah, yeah. We're just down to 49 states now. There, there you go. I mean, a couple of them struggle with how many D1 basketball teams have, but there's a lot of teams, and that's the benefit of college basketball. You can write up the whole state, and it really doesn't do much of a dent because there are so many teams that are still playing that you that you can you know, wager on. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Then thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. Tomorrow we'll be with Cousin Jared, and then Jake will be back on the next day. Also, check out our college football. We've got the bowl games for all the games through Boxing Day, December 26th out. So check that out if you haven't yet. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money 